Good morning, church. I love how as a church, or just as Christians, like this whole order, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to seek the Lord, and and seeking the Lord, um, it's all on His time. Amen? It's all on His time, and uh, you know He'll give us the insight, the revelation, the wisdom uh, we need for every and any circumstance and situation. Uh, rarely is it how we think it's supposed to look, but that's because <laughs> He's God and we're not. And, and, and we need to develop the mindset to have the mind of Christ in every situation and circumstance so that we can more readily kind of relate and understand that, okay, this is God moving and this is God doing things. When it's, you don't understand it, (laughs) many times it's the Lord. When you think it's supposed to go one way and he just shifts it a whole different direction, more than likely it's the Lord. When it's something that is aggravating you and annoying you, but it needs to get done, more than likely it's the Lord. (laughs) So amen for that. Praise the Lord that he is, just like that song says, it's all wisdom and honor and glory and power belong to him alone. Um, We were talking this morning, my son was like, it's raining outside. I said, yes, it's raining, son. Well, you told me it wasn't going to rain. I said, I, the prediction said it wasn't going to rain. I said, you got to understand, son, the, these predictions are made by men and women, by human beings. And even with all of our sophisticated technology and, and weather, you know, gizmos, we, we react to what goes on. <laughs> right? We're humans. We are not <laughs> El Shaddai. We are not the Lord God Almighty who's the one who deems it fit for it either to rain or not to rain. So um, that's just another reminder that no matter what goes on, it has to go through God's hands first. Amen. I'm excited to get into this message this morning. Uh, Once again, we're in the book of James. And this is just like the practical application book. (laughs) One of those books in the Bible where it's like, okay, you know, uh, we're Christians. Well, how do I live this Christian life, right? Because many times it's one thing to say, okay, I profess you with my mouth that you are uh, Jehovah Lord. You are my provider, Jehovah Jireh. You are, uh, you know, as the Israelites would say, Yeshua. You are Jesus the Christ. You are the Messiah. But it's a whole other thing to actually What does that look tangibly in your life on a day-to-day basis? What does that look like when the chips are down and everyone around you is not agreeing with what you believe in your faith and what this Holy Bible says? Well, you see, this is where this practical application comes into play. And so I'm so grateful for this book because, once again, it speaks to how do you and I walk through this life on a day-to-day basis and not get tarnished by the things of this world? And not succumb to the temptation that either comes out of our own wicked hearts (laughs) or is imposed upon us by uh, Satan or his demons that are trying to get us to 
Obviously, we can't lose our salvation as believers in Jesus Christ, but to render us null and void to where we're ineffective for the work of our Father, to, to render us useless in service to the kingdom of God. But this, this book will help you, will arm you, will give you the ammunition that you need to walk through every day's battles successfully. Amen? So with that, um, if you're able body to stand, please stand for the reading of God's word. We'll go ahead and read our text this morning. We'll pray and we'll get into uh, the message, our bread for this day. Uh, this, this, uh, once again, we're in James chapter 1. We'll be going through verses 5 down through 8. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And this message is entitled, Faith, Fear, and Wisdom. Starting in verse 5, and it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let's go ahead and pray. Yahweh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we can come before you as the true and living God. Thank you that we don't incur your wrath, but you see the righteousness of your Son, Jesus Christ, imputed to us. It's his righteousness that covers us and makes us a new creation. Thank you for the revelation of of sin in our own hearts. Thank you for conviction Lord, that that allows us to be aware of our broken condition. doesn't matter if we're Jew or Gentile. We're all broken people. There are none that come into this world that have it made, that have it together. Every soul is broken and bent towards sin. But thank you that there is redemption through your Son, Jesus Christ. I pray that you would speak to us now. May your anointing fall upon us that we may be able to rightfully divide your word. May your anointing fall upon me that that I may be used to, to speak your word in truth and in love. May ears be ready to hear. May hearts be ready to receive. I rebuke any attempt from any demon that would try to hinder this word getting out this morning by this word getting received. Lord, do not let this word get snatched up, but may hearts be fertile, Lord, and may you produce in your people a crop tenfold, hundredfold. Father, we thank you and we praise you. It is in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. All right. So last week, um, we began cracking open the book of James, right? And, And we looked at what humility... To be humble, (laughs) true humility, godly Christian humility looks like. What it should look like from the Bible's perspective, right? Because many times there is so much going on, especially in our day and age, and, 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 and everybody has a different idea of what these concepts mean. It's interesting to me that 
many times, different trains of thought, different philosophies, they pull from the Bible. They pull from the Word of God. And see, that's the danger of not reading the Scripture in its original context, what it was intended for. We don't want to read the Bible for what we want it to mean. Amen? We want to study the Scriptures for what they actually say. And so we want to have a biblical worldview on what humility looks like. We saw the example of James, the writer of this book, Jesus' half-brother, how he recognized Jesus as his Savior and his Lord. That's how he identified Christ. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't name drop. He, did, he didn't go off of the fact that that was his, his half-brother in blood. He wasn't boasting in his family ties to Jesus, but he called him his Savior and his Lord. We also learned last week what it means to truly count it all joy. <laughs> when we're met with trials, how did that go for you this week? Who went through a trial this week of any kind? <laughs> you don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> but Lord willing, you counted it all joy. And there was something in it for you. And you've grown spiritually. You've matured spiritually. Meaning you clung to God that much harder. <laughs> That's the whole point. That's the whole premise of counting it all joy. It's not counting it joy that you go through suffering and difficulties and hardships. But counting it joy means, man, the Lord is my rock. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my strong tower. I cling to him. I run to him. And he supplants me. He supplies for me everything I need. He is my victor. He is my kinsman redeemer. He is the one that holds me up when I cannot even hold my own self up. Can I get an amen, somebody? You see... This happens through obedience. We can't, we, unfortunately, we can't get out of that. <laughs> obedience, obedience will bring about this joy. You see, because without obedience, it's just an intellectual understanding of, I just say, count it all joy. You can't just say, I count it all joy. Don't lie. Your heart will show, your countenance will reveal if you truly are counting it all joy. And if there's no obedience in your walk with the Lord, how can you count it all joy? You see, so we need this obedience. We have to have a desire. There should be such a hunger in us to want to be obedient. Because you see, my brothers and sisters, saints of God, we are either going to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ or we are going to be obedient to our flesh and the devil. There is no in-between. And there should be a sense of you seeing yourself growing in an area of obedience to Jesus Christ. You should. You really should. Don't, don't be afraid to look. Because even if you're not growing in that area, that just simply means you need to commune with Him more. <laughs> you need to fellowship with the Lord more. You need to spend more time with Him. You see, because once we give our lives to Jesus Christ... The Holy Spirit comes in and indwells in us. It's not that he ever leaves. It's just 
when we feed our flesh more than we feed the spirit, what happens is that small, still voice begins to become drowned out, becomes faint. So we just need to get back to, okay, I need to feed my spirit (laughs) through the word of God, through fellowship with Jesus Christ, through fellowship of the saints. And that will enable the Holy Spirit within us to grow more and more. And you begin to get victory more and more over things that hinder you. Amen. When viewed from God's perspective instead of our own, we will see that the testing of our faith is for our own good. It's for our own good. <laughs> you see, that, that's, 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 the, that's the, I guess, the paradox, if you will, of Christianity as far as the world's concerned. Because the world looks at it and says, how could you, how could you, how could you have joy in the midst of trials? You're suffering. You see, the world... When the world suffers, what does the world do? <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they jump ship or, or, or they curse uh, God or they curse people around them for causing this. But again, we have to understand our, our, our battle is spiritual, right? It's not against people. It's not against circumstances or situations. It's truly against a dark force, force excuse me, which is satanic, which is Satan himself. And so these things are led about because we live in a fallen world, but we can have victory despite all of this. But it's for our own good. The trials of our life produce steadfastness and patience. And patience endurance develops our spiritual character in Jesus Christ to become complete in Him, lacking nothing. But it's through difficulties that you and I become complete. <laughs> So if you're seeing that your life is not really complete, well, maybe it is. You're not walking with Jesus Christ through your trials and you're just doing it on your own strength. (laughs) But if you're taking his yoke upon you as you walk through the day to day issues of life, you will see yourself becoming to grow more and more in incompleteness in him. Because it's him taking the wheel. It's you're, you're, you're walking after Christ. He is lighting your path so you can get through the circumstances of life. And you're able to navigate in a way that's godly and holy and righteous. Several main points for us this morning. And the first one is this. The realization... That you and I lack wisdom is the first step to having a reverent fear of God, which actually puts us in a position to obtain the wisdom we lack. I'll say it again. The realization that we lack wisdom is the first step to having a reverent fear of God, and it puts us in a position to obtain wisdom from God. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. You see, the fear of the Lord can be defined as this. The continual awareness that our lovingly Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we do and say. Basically, doesn't nothing get past Him. <laughs> he sees it all. He knows what you and I are thinking before we think it. 
He knows what you and I are going to say before we say it. He can. He knows the attitude we have when we're telling everyone else, oh, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> when really in our hearts, we're clenching our teeth <laughs> and we want to strangle this person out or we don't even want to be in the circumstance with the person. He knows all that goes on. He also knows when we're being utterly disrespected and treated wrongly and yet we are using that hupomene and we're we're not buckling under the pressure of life and we're still living in a righteous way we're still living in a holy way we're still loving what is the what does jesus say if someone uh, you know slaps you on your cheek what are you supposed to do turn the other one give him the other one not i'm gonna break your teeth <laughs> You see, and, and, and this is the thing. This, this is the God of all creation. He knows everything. Having a reverent fear means that we're, we're, we're so in awe of who He is that we, we don't want to dismiss His claims. We don't want to dismiss Him. You see, in order to develop the fear of the Lord... We must recognize El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty, Yahweh, God the Father, Abba, your Father, for who He is. You see, those who have a fear of the Lord have a continual awareness of Him, a deep reverence of who He is, and a sincere commitment to obey Him. That is what it means to have a reverent fear of God. You see, a wise person fears, reveres, and obeys God, while a fool despises God's instruction and cannot be told what to do. Now, this is completely different from someone who is having a reverent fear of God, but you know what? We all go through it at times, and, 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 and sometimes you may find yourself struggling with being obedient, right? That's like, Lord, help my unbelief. That's a lot different than someone who despises the instruction of God. Someone who despises it, they just have their thumbs in their ears and they don't want to hear it. And, and they mock it and they curse it and they blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. That is what we're talking about here. That is the complete opposite. They cannot be told what to do. You tell them the truth and they just don't want to hear it. Pray for people like that. That their hearts would truly be broken because they're headed down a destructive path that could lead them into eternal hell forever if they don't repent and get right with Jesus Christ before he returns or before they die. You see, the wise person is wise because he or she is starting at the right place. They're starting from the vantage point of a reverent fear of God. Not a, I'll do whatever I want. You and I must understand the rest of today is not promised to you and I. How dare we ever think that we get up and all of a sudden we're just going to live. It's only by the grace of God. And that should develop within us a reverent fear of Him. A reverent respect. That will drop you to your knees when you get out of bed before your feet even hit the floor. I don't know if that's possible. It's kind of awkward. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Before you start doing anything, you're going to be on your face before the Lord God Almighty because you recognize it's Him who's kept you alive throughout the night. It's Him who gives you breath in your lungs. It's Him who keeps the faculties of your body working and your mind straight. It's Him who gives you sight. 
It's Him who gives you insight to spiritual matters to rightly divide the Word of God and to be able to even discern right from wrong. To, have, to, to, to understand that you have a conscience and you can't go against your conscience because that's the first thing to go. Once your conscience is, is seared, that's it. You can do all kind of abominable things in the sight of the Lord. That's what many people do because their consciences have become seared because they fed their flesh so much because they do not have a reverent fear of God. If you want the anointing of God in your life, you need to start with a reverent fear of God. I need to start with that same reverent fear. It is the beginning of wisdom. He didn't say get all these degrees and that's the beginning of wisdom. He said fear of God. We have to take hold of this church because it unlocks everything else. Remember, we serve a God of order. And if there is no reverent respect for who God is in your life, you will never get to the place of wisdom. You will at best have all kind of information and be a fool. Nobody wants to hear somebody with a bunch of information who's a fool. <laughs> we, we, we want good news. That's why we go to the Bible. That's why we go to Christ because he's the one who, he is the good news. You see, but a fool has no foundation on which to build wisdom. The reality is God's true nature has caused us to humble ourselves and worship him. When that happens, we are in the right position to gain wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life, our lives, <laughs> and the world from God's perspective. But not only seeing the world from God's perspective, because we can see the world from God's perspective, but not respond accordingly. <laughs> wisdom is seeing our lives in the world from God's vantage point. And responding the way he would have us to respond. <laughs> responding in obedience. Responding in holiness. Responding in righteousness. But again, I'm saying the same thing because I can't say anything else other than this. It starts with the reverent fear of God. But this supernaturally gets developed within you and I when we begin to have a reverent fear of God. Then the righteousness of Christ will begin to pour out from our lives because we're receiving it. Right? It's like that cycle. It's like the water cycle. The water comes down from the, from the clouds, goes to the ocean, blah, blah, comes back up. I'm not into science. I don't understand it, but it does all that. Supernaturally, the same thing happens when you and I have a reverent posture before God. And not just when we're in a setting like this. Right? Because all this holding up the hands and holding out the hands and this and that and saying hallelujah and this and that. I mean, it's not for show. I'm not saying y'all do that. But what I'm saying is this has to be what we do day in, day out. Integrity is what we do when no one's looking. Are you that same reverent when no one's looking? Are you that reverent in your business dealings when you could get over? <laughs> Are you that reverent in your dealings with the Lord when somebody, whatever, pretty looking is approaching you and talking to you on the job and you're like, man, dude, this is a little too much. You kind of need to back up off me because I'm happily married. This is real stuff, church. It's that reverent fear in every and any circumstance of life. And God only knows. You see, wisdom is a priority and we are told to seek it above everything else. Many times people are like, I'm seeking love. <laughs> above everything else, but they're seeking worldly love, world love from a person. I get it. You know, you don't want to be alone, 
But that's not what you should be seeking above all else because that woman or man ain't going to cut it, especially if they ain't saved. Money. Comfort. Security. I mean, that's what our that's what our that's what our culture, American culture, unfortunately, has become. We're all seeking after security and comfort. Give me my snuggle bunny, my whatever the little snuggle thing. Everything's comfort. Everything's comfort. Oh, my comfort food. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to bash because in and of themselves, those things are, are not bad. I indulge in those things, too. But what I'm saying is, does that take precedence over the reverent fear of God in your life. He should be the number one priority of your life and my life. Niners are cool. Purdy's doing good. I ain't tripping. It ain't that deep to me. I don't get wrapped up. I'm not emotionally tied to all this stuff. I mean, people, they're like, they go crazy over this. They go crazy over Steph Curry. It's like, he's cool. I ain't knocking him. You know, from what I see, he's a Christian. Cool, whatever. But you know what? I'm not, it's not that deep. I'm not going to invest. I mean, people screaming at the top of their lungs. They show up to a stadium three and a half hours early to tailgate. Cats don't even come to service on time. And I'm not knocking anybody if it came to service late. I'm just saying, it is what it is. We make all of this extra time for all this stuff that's just going to burn. It don't even matter. But yet the one true and living God that's tugging at our hearts, trying to get us to commune with them. <laughs> like, you know, a five minute devotion and we're like, man, it's too long. I can't believe it. You know, I can't. Oh, man. Did, did you see how long the song went? Did you see how long the sermon went? It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. You know, get a hold of Christ. Get a hold of this, 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 this truth that, that will radically revolutionize and change your life forever. He makes you into a new creation. He changes your desires literally. He changes what you want on the inside out. But it's he who does it. That's when you, that's when you found you've really fallen in love with Christ. When, you're, when your desires literally change. And you're like, I, I, I don't care for those things no more. I, I don't care to be in that situation. I, I'm not moved by that. Paul knew that. He wasn't moved by all this stuff anymore. You and I want to get to that place where we're not moved by all this stuff. Like, it's cool, but I'm not moved by it. I'm not losing any sleep off of it. Like, if I don't get it, if I don't obtain it, no, it's name no sweat off my back. Because that's not the highest priority of my life. The highest priority of my life is to honor and glorify God with every ounce of strength, with all, with my soul, mind, strength, and heart, and everything in me to glorify Him. That is what our aim should be. Amen? You see, without the fear of the Lord, we make final decisions based on our faulty human understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Not, not some, as men we compartmentalize really good. Not, not No, no, all of your heart. <laughs> Trust in the Lord and do not lean on your own understanding. How many times have we said, I don't understand this? You know, for me, it's even just reading an instructional manual. I don't, under, I don't understand this. <laughs> Lord's like, do not lean on your own understanding, son. I'll give you revelation of this. But he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
You see, I truly believe that many times we struggle because we're not doing this. We're not trusting in God in the, in the moment with all of our heart. We, we, we start getting moved by all this other stuff. And we get moved by other people and what they're doing and what they're not doing. And then we're like, we're trying to figure it out. And we're like, I don't understand why they could do that. How could they do that? He just said, don't lean on your own understanding. You're not going to understand why they did that. Because that's something going on with them and their heart of hearts with the Lord and whatever. And the Lord got to work that out. <laughs> but what you got to do, what I got to do is acknowledge Christ in the situation. Say, Lord, I, I don't understand this. This, this. this thing is wild. It's crazy. It, it's breaking things up. But Lord, I know that you have a plan. <laughs> and I trust in you that you have the wisdom to guide me through this circumstance. That's where we need to be. The Bible says he will make straight your path. You'll know exactly where to go, how to go, when to go, how to do it. <laughs> when you acknowledge him in everything, this is why he wants the first fruits of you and me. This is why we give him what we give him. If you start the day with Christ, it sets the trajectory for the rest of your day. Don't wait till you go to bed to get in the word. Coffee ain't that deep. Checking your iPhone ain't that deep. Checking your emails ain't that deep. Even responding to your work ain't that. They can all wait. <laughs> because if you have the favor and the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ upon your life, you're going to have favor in all your dealings. You unlock that by going before him with the first fruits of your energy, of your time, of your affections. That's what we do, church. You see, we incorporate the fear of the Lord into every moment of our lives. When we do that, we, are, we will begin to make decisions based upon his approval. It's like, well, Lord, is this good for me? Is this good for me to eat about seven of those lacies in, 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 that, in that container? <laughs> or, sh or should I just take two? <laughs> And maybe two and a half. <laughs> and maybe come back to those other few later on in the day or the night. Right? It's having the wisdom to ask him. And he'll show you. Be like, come on, man. Don't be a glutton, bro. You don't need to eat all that. You, 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 don't, you don't need seven cups of coffee a day, Keefing. <laughs> My mom reminded me a couple weeks ago. She's like, you know what? It makes your blood pressure rise. So I've been trying to, you know, modify my intake of caffeine, but in every moment, we should be wise in asking the Lord, asking, seeking him for wisdom. You see, this is where our realization that we, that we actually lack wisdom, this is where it actually comes into play. James goes on to tell us that if anyone lacks wisdom, we may ask the Lord and he will grant the wisdom we need for all of life's circumstances. So again, Having the reverent fear of God that sets us up for the right trajectory to receive the wisdom we actually need. All right, the second main point is this. When we ask God for wisdom, we must ask in faith without doubting him. Without doubting him. God will give wisdom to all who ask him of it. And he doesn't give it based on our worthiness, obviously, because none of us are worthy. And he, but he does it based only on our request. If we request, you know, it's like that saying, closed mouth, don't get fed. <laughs> Many times people, 
man, I don't know why I'm going through. I don't know why I don't hear from the, but it's like, well, are you seeking the Lord? <laughs> are you, are you truly engaging in, in relationship with him? Well, if you, if you're not, then okay. I mean, it's not rocket science. No wonder why you're not hearing from God. Cause you're not giving him any time. You're not communing with him. You're not, you're not dwelling with him. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's like a marriage. How could you live in a home and you're not dwelling with your, with your wife or your husband? That has got to be just the ugliest relationship ever. Because y'all are like not even married. Y'all are like roommates. They're just not even together, but in the same place. That's like the Holy Spirit living in us. But yet we don't give God any time. And you wonder why your relationship's rocky with the Lord. <laughs> because he's like, man, I'm here. I'm in you. I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> Come on, man. Commune with me. I'm trying to roll. I'm rolling with you. But you taking me to all these places I don't want to be. Let me take the steering wheel. Let me take you where you need to go. You see, that's the difference. And we got to give up. We got to relinquish control and give it over to the Lord. Amen. He wants his children to trust him. And he is ready to reward evidence of our trust in him. But we have to trust. One evidence of asking him for wisdom is when we don't know what to do. How many times do you not know what to do? And what do you do? Hopefully you're like, Lord, (laughs) speak to me. Show me. Show me in your word. Reveal to me what I'm supposed to do. How am I supposed to engage in this circumstance? How am I supposed to engage with these people? And if you ask him, he's going to reveal it to you. But there is a condition attached to this promise. The condition is this. We must believe and not doubt. In other words, God wants us to come to him convinced that both he is the only true source of wisdom and that the wisdom that he gives is trustworthy. That is the condition. He also wants us to be ready to act upon that wisdom. You see, many times we ask the Lord for wisdom and he doesn't give us more wisdom because we haven't acted upon the wisdom he's already given us. (laughs) He's not going to continue to give out until he sees fit that you and I have done with what he's already given us, what he wanted us to do in the first place, right? It's like, why would you give your children more responsibilities when they can't even put their clothes in the hamper? How are you going to have them do all this extra stuff? It's like, dude, you can't even do the bare minimum. You got to get this down and then we'll graduate to more responsibilities. That's the same thing with the Lord. And we have this book. There is no excuse for you or me to not know the basics. We cannot be on the milk still. Church, there should be a hunger and a desire bubbling up within us that we want to know more and more and more. And we want to know him more and more and more. You see, because I, I don't want to just be in a place where I just have all these verses in my head. But there's no relationship and there's no revelation of God. I, I want to know about him, but I want to know him. Amen. I pray that that's you too, that you want to know him and that you dig and you feast and you eat upon the meat of the word of God. There's resources out there. I'm, I'm in it. You know, I was talking to Daniel earlier. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to learn more and more about uh, the Torah, you know, the Old Testament, but, but the, the Hebrew translations, because it's, there's so much in there and, and it just confirms 
who Christ is that much more. And then it's like, it's just super cool. It's like, man, Lord, thank you <laughs> that you allowed your chosen people to be blinded <laughs> because without that, we wouldn't be saved. <laughs> you know, the whole reason why Christ has not come back is because there's still Gentiles out there that need to be saved. <laughs> and once the final Gentile saved, Israel's going to recognize who the true Messiah is. They're going to be like, man, it was Yeshua all along. They're going to wig out. They're going to mourn. They're going to get saved, and then this whole thing's going to be wrapped up, and it's going to be done. But it's like, again, that's birthed out of, man, Lord, I just want, I want to know you. And I'm not satisfied with just knowing what I know. I want to know you deeper. And, and, and that happens from seeking him and, and seeking for wisdom in him, in him and him alone. You see, the person who doubts God's wisdom or willingness to give it, thinking that he's unwilling to give it, is unlikely to accept what God gives him in the first place, or her in the first place. You see, these type of people will consult other sources looking for a second opinion. <laughs> they're like, they got the revelation, but then they're like, oh man, I really don't know if this is truly valid, so I'm going to go back over here to this dude that ain't even a Christian, that don't even believe in Jesus Christ. Why would you even go to someone else? I can see if you go to another believer and trying to get confirmation, but to go to someone who don't even know the Lord after the Lord already done revealed it to you. Now you done, now you done kicked the Lord in the face and said, basically you ain't who you say you are. While the whole time you, you didn't think you were doing that. You see in James's day, this source included false idols. We got to understand there were millions of gods <laughs> and they, they were going to all these different gods. God's for everything. That's what the Romans were all about. They had a God for every planet and every circumstance. I mean, they tried to have all their bases covered. That's what this whole thing would have been. For us in our modern day, we have our own share of worthless sources of wisdom, like false teachers, pop culture. I told you last week, don't get your, do not get your theology from YouTube. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> go to the word of God. Don't go, don't go to, to, to YouTube for your theology. Celebrities, we go to celebrities. We go to motivational speakers. Don't go to motivational speakers. All they're doing is playing on your will, and it's all man-centered because it's all about you and what you can do. Well, I can do this. If you think hard enough, you can do this. Come on, that's a joke. <laughs> In and of ourselves, we're reckless and our hearts are deceitfully wicked. So what good can come from that if we put all of our energy into ourselves and try to will it into being? How is that helping you? It's not. Self-help groups, you don't need that. You need the Holy Spirit to impart the wisdom from God into your life supernaturally. And now you're able to have all the discernment you need for every area of your life. It's as simple as that. But you see, it's, it's not sophisticated. And so people denounce it because it, you don't have uh, 500,000 YouTube subscribers or, or Instagram people. That's not about that. Again, that, that's going off of what we see. That's the flesh. Let the Lord speak to your soul. You see, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, speaking of God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It says it right there. <laughs> if you seek God with the right intentions, he will reward you. <laughs> you will get what you need from him. You will have peace. 
You will have joy. You will not be moved by the things of this world. You will not be moved by your own flesh and your own fickle thinking. But he will take out that fickle thinking and you will begin to think with the mind of Christ. I hope this makes sense, church. The third main point is this. Anyone who doubts God in all his righteousness is a double-minded person, unstable in all their ways. Those who seek God's way as only one of many options will spend their lives being driven back and forth by whatever wind blows strongest. They're moved by any form of sensationalism. This came out, oh man, this is what's going on. This update came out, now I'm over here vacillating over here. There's no stability. They have no stability because they're moved by whatever someone says. People dictate how they feel and how they think. That is a dangerous place to live, church. We have so many illiterate Christians within the church today because Christians are not reading and studying the word of God. They can't even spot out a false prophet. <laughs> they, these false teachers talking all kind of nonsense and they think it's all good. It's not all good. Man, get in your word, church, and you will know the truth. And then you'll be able to dif- differentiate and say, I'm not going there. And you'll be able to help people. Don't go there. <laughs> get in your word. You don't need all this other stuff that these people are, 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 are pushing. They're pushing nonsense. What did the word say? What does the word say? People are going to be heaping up their own kind of teachers because they got these itchy ears. They won't endure sound doctrine. They don't want to hear about sin and the remedy for sin. They want to hear, have your cake and eat it too. Live your best life now. They don't want to leave the luxuries of this world and so they will suffer and go to hell. The reality is you will go through much tribulation to enter the kingdom of heaven. That is what Jesus Christ said. I stand upon the word of God. That is what the word says. Whatever the tribulation is for you, it may be different from other people, but still you're going to go through trials to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not easy peasy, lemon squeezy. That's not the kind of Christianity we promote in this church because that's not what the Bible says. I'm not saying it's all doom and gloom. But there is a lot of people out there that would have you believe you accept Christ in your heart and all your problems uh, magically disappear. No, your life gets harder because you're living by a standard of the holy and righteous God. And you can't you have to forsake all this fleshly nonsense that you were involved in and this fleshly way of thinking. You've got to drain all that stuff out. (laughs) So it becomes more of a challenge. Because you're living above reproach. You're living a life that's walking circumspectly. You're not just doing whatever. You're actually thinking about what you're doing and you're processing how is this affecting not only me but other people on a spiritual level. I say it many times from this pulpit. Things in the spirit world manifest themselves in the physical every single day. And if we don't have that discernment led by the Holy Spirit, we're not going to be able to to discern whether or not we're being deceived or whether or not we're being told the truth. But you see, a person who comes to God asking for wisdom, but without faith, that is continuing to shop around, if you will, for other sources of wisdom contrary to God, will be like a wave tossed around by the wind. James makes it clear that the faithless person shouldn't expect to receive any wisdom from God. And I I don't say that joyfully. I say that with a contrived heart because there's so many people that are out here thinking that they have faith, but they're double 
minded in all their ways and they're not receiving anything from God because they have not made up their mind to trust in him alone. Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 through 16, it tells us, I know your works, you are neither hot nor cold. Would that you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You see, when we don't make a decision, that still means we're lukewarm. He's saying, I would rather you just not even be in it. You know, see, see this, this word, this word forces you and me to deal with ourselves. It forces us to. You cannot, I cannot avoid what's in our hearts by our carnal nature. And the Bible says either go his way or go the way of Satan. Don't let Satan be the one who dictates to you which way you go. God is telling you with open arms, come to me. See, he's not like me. He's going to be gentle. (laughs) I'm a little fired up right now. But he's gentle. He's meek. He's kind. He's loving. He's caring. He's all those things. And he's saying, if you would just give me all of you, I will make you a new creation. You don't have to run to all of this stuff that's going to fail you. But it forces us to have to make a decision. And that's what this word of God does. You see, God cares deeply that his children believe in Jesus Christ and will trust him exclusively. This is the thing. It's an exclusive thing. So this whole inclusivity nonsense that's going on in our culture today, it's not the first time. This happened a long time ago. (laughs) The claims of Christ are exclusive to him. He has no intent on being one booth that we visit in the marketplace of theological ideas. He wants us to come to him and him alone. He wants to be our first and last shop. If we don't trust in him exclusively, we will receive no wisdom from him at all. What it is, what a terrible thing it is for a born again believer who fails to live a life of faith. But rather chooses to pray with an unbelieving heart and is tossed to and from by every wind of change. We all need to develop a trusting heart of thanksgiving and praise that believes God's word is the ultimate authority and we pray in faith expecting him to keep his promises and fulfill his word. Amen? All right. Five through eight, we'll be done. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded, unstable in all his ways. Again, we see this statement, if you lack, if any of you lack wisdom. Trials, they're unavoidable. I don't like them, you know. I don't, ask, ask my wife, I do not like trials, right. But they bring a necessary season to seek wisdom from God. That's what trials produce in us. They produce in us the importance of having to seek wisdom from God. If we don't know we need wisdom until our time of difficulty, then (laughs) we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. But once in a time of trial, we need to know how does the Lord want us to respond? Does he want us to persevere by faith Or does he want to eliminate this situation by faith? This kind of thing requires wisdom, wisdom from the Lord. 
In trials, we know that wisdom is a lot more than knowledge, right? Because knowledge is just raw information. Anybody can gather information. That's why the internet is a double-edged sword in the sense that it is a very dangerous platform. There are so many people that prop up on websites and they just say whatever's on their mind. And at the rate that this information goes out, people are receiving it in seconds. And people are drawing conclusions on all kind of things, but there are no valid sources to back up what these, some of these people are saying. Now, some people are using the Internet for good, which is a good thing, but there is much to be weary about on the Internet. So please be careful, church, on what you read. I have to be careful. There's times where I, I get caught up for moments and I'm like, what is going on? And Daniel knows. <laughs> and it's like, that ain't right. <laughs> you know, people go crazy, man. People talk about, you know, the vaccine being the mark of the beast. Oh, come on now. Look, you have to understand the temple is not erected in, in, in Israel yet. The son of perdition is not standing there. Do I believe this is a precursor? For sure. These mandates, this stuff, but people come up with crazy stuff. They said there's something in there that uh, there's, you know, somehow this, this number is going to pop up on your forehead because of this ink and this and that. But it's like, we need to be understand what the scripture says, church. Where did you get the vaccine? Did you get it on your forehead or your right hand? You see what I'm saying, though? We have to take the word for what the word says. But people just go kooky on this kind of stuff. And if we don't know the word... You're going to read that, and then you're going to be so scared out of your pants. If you took the vaccine, you're going to be like, I took the mark of the beast. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to go to hell. No. No. We, we need to understand what the word says, and that's where wisdom comes into play. Don't be moved by any wind and any and every wind of doctrine is what the word of God says. Trust in the source of all wisdom, which is Jesus Christ. This is an anonymous quote. Knowledge is the ability to take things apart, but wisdom is the ability to put it back together. The application is this. We must come to a place of humility that says, I don't have it all figured out and I lack wisdom. We have to. We have to. If we come to the word, if we come to this word, if I ever try to study for a Sunday sermon or just in my, in my personal devotions and I just open up this book, I'm not going to have the mind of Christ when I read it. I need to ask the Holy Spirit to dwell within me, to fill me fresh with the fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, so I'm able to discern that I'm able to rightly divide God's Word. And whenever we read God's Word, and we don't take the time to invite Him in, to give us discernment, to give us insight, then we're not going to read from the vantage point of the spiritual implications that are applied to every point of Scripture. This is where us admitting that we lack wisdom comes into play. Don't be prideful about this, church. Just admit it to him. There's no reason. There's no sense in acting like, well, I know it all. How dare someone ever say, I know this whole Bible. I had a conversation. We had a conversation at the men's group on Thursday. So I was like, you know, I'm not putting his, uh, his friend on blast. But they're like, man, I know the Bible cover for cover. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> The most learned, knowledgeable person that has ever studied the Word of God don't know the, the Word of God cover to cover. Because the Word says there's mysteries that we'll never know. So how dare someone ever even act like, you already know, man, shut that down. You're already coming from a place of pride or get that unclean spirit up out of you. Because <laughs> you're not speaking with meekness. You're not speaking from humility. That's pride and, and arrogance and, and really probably hurt. That they don't, want, they don't want the truth to be exposed because they don't want to be vulnerable. 
But it's like in your vulnerability, that's how you get healed. So I pray for whoever that person is in Sal's life, that that person will come to an understanding that it's like, it's okay. Let the Lord bandage you up so you can get healed. Don't be prideful. Nothing worse than a Pharisee. Spiritual big heads. Not a good thing. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10 through 12 tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied, and years be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Man, he's already telling us right there. He's showing us the benefits of seeking Him. He just says, man, your days are going to be multiplied. Some of y'all have lived a long life, so y'all have some wisdom. I see that. <laughs> I want to live a long life. You know, I ain't one of those people like, oh, Lord, take me now. Like, no, man, there's business to handle. I'm not ready to go. Lord, let's get to it. Let's get to the grind. Let's, let's run out for Christ. Let's do this. But it's like he says, I will lengthen your days and years will be added to your life. He says, if you are wise, you're wise for yourself. You benefit. You benefit and everyone around you benefits because, man, you're glowing with wisdom. Wisdom's just falling off of you wherever you go. You're just dropping nuggets of wisdom. You, in conversation, people around talking nonsense at, church, at, at work, and, and then you come in and you just say a little something-something. Not a spiritual big head, but you're, but you're genuinely sincere about these people, and you just say a little truth, and all of a sudden they floored. They don't know what happened to them. No, nah, man, the Holy Spirit done spoke to you. Through a, through a chosen vessel, man. And, and that's what's going on. It's either that or you become a scoffer. And if you're a scoffer and if you scoff at the revelation of God, you're going to suffer because you're the one who's going to bear your own scoffing. Because the word of God says every knee will tongue, or every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is, is the Lord. Sorry, I bunched that up. But the whole, you get the point. And, and that's what's going on here. So we really need to understand this and begin to develop this fear of the Lord in our life and keep it with us and keep growing in that because it's, it's the, it, it unlocks the wisdom that God has for you and I. You see, as we gain wisdom we lack, we begin to grow in a reverent fear of God. And again, when it comes to, to pridefulness, it's just, a, it's just a, a dark road of destruction, and it's just not, it's not a good thing for anybody who's in that place. I pray for any of uh, the leadership in our country and around the world, many men and women that are sitting in places of authority, and they scoff at the Word of God. And they think because they're in some kind of government situation where they're some prestigious, in some prestigious position that they have this authority forever, but they, little do they know that they're leading down the road to hell, and they need salvation they need the salvation of Jesus Christ. And they're, they're, they're causing many people in the world to suffer so that they can be fat and rich. Let him ask of God. You see, to receive wisdom is to simply ask of God who gives wisdom generously, liberally, without despising our request. That's what it means when he says without reproach. He doesn't despise us. He's not like, man, I'm tired of you asking. Are you serious? You really asking me again? <laughs> That's not how he is. He's like, come to me, all you who are weary, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Wisdom is part of that rest because wisdom is telling you when to slow yourself down. Some of us run ourselves ragged, always running around doing something. You know, there's a Sabbath for a reason. <laughs> you got to have a day of rest. I got to have a day of rest or you're going to burn out, you know. I love what uh, Charles Spurgeon has to say about this. He says, We are so ready to go to books, to go to men, 
to go to ceremonies, to anything except to God. Consequently, the text does not say, let him ask books, nor does it say, let him ask priests, but it says, let him ask God. Our central (laughs) person that we're supposed to go to in all things is the Lord. We're supposed to go to the Lord. You know, go to the Lord. Many times you go to the Lord, you don't even need it. You don't, you know, you get a second opinion from pastor or, you know, whatever, you know, a solid Christian. But, but that's just getting confirmation of things. But go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. I'm a, I'm a failed person. Don't come to me before you went to God. <laughs> go to the Lord in your own prayer closet. Then come to me and we can discuss it if that's even the case. Or go to your brother and sister in Christ. But go to the Lord first. Amen. You see, the veil has been torn and we have full unhindered access to God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Go directly to your Abba in prayer. It says He he, he gives liberally. He gives according to His excellent greatness. He he didn't withhold anything. He, He didn't withhold His only Son. If He didn't withhold His only Son... And allowed his son to, 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 to die a sinner's death so that we could be redeemed. What makes you think he's going to withhold wisdom from you? I mean, he gave the most precious thing he could ever give. Could you imagine giving your child up to be crucified, to die for the sins of the world, if you were in fact, you know, had the authority and the power to do so? That's gut-wrenching. You know, it, it, it tears my heart up. My, my, my daughter's dealing with this cough that just won't go away. I guess they say she's not sick, but she's got this cough. And it's just like a... It's a gangster cough. It's gut-wrenching. Every time I hear that cough in the middle of the night, man, it, it ah, you know, and I got to pray immediately because I'm like, man, it just tears me up inside. Her little body's just suffering. Imagine what it was like for, 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 for the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the Lord of Hosts, the Lord God Almighty, for, for, for His Son to die the way He did. Imagine how that must have made Him feel. But despite all that, He did it because he knew it would benefit many people. So how much more is he going to give you what you need if he gave up all of that which is in his son? He's going to give you. That's why the word says he gives freely <laughs> without reproach. Without reproach, he gives freely if you need wisdom. How much wisdom, how much discernment do we need today in our world? We need a lot. We need a lot. But it's there. It's the good news is that it's there. A side note, but this is where spending time with God is important. You see, the more time we spend communing with God, the more confident we will be to go before him. Does that make sense? The more time we spend with God, the more confident you and I are going to be able to be like, man, for any and everything, it could be the dumbest thing in the world to someone else. But you're like, man, I'm going before the Lord in that. And you do because you have that confidence because you commune with him on a regular basis. Y'all are not, you know. Long distance relationship. No, it's we are tight. We are together. The less time we spend with him, the less confident we will be in approaching him. You see, because it's all about a matter of obedience. If you don't spend time with the Lord, you're going to get skittish when it comes time to go before him. You know, that's just how it is. So develop this obedience and you're going to you're going to be running into the throne room of grace. (laughs) Just just throwing out your request to him. And he's going to respond accordingly. And you'll be blessed every time. You will. You truly will. Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. 
Again, without reproach, this is added so no one should fear to come too often to God. He's always ready to add new blessings to former ones without any end of limita- or limitation. Isn't that a great promise? There's no end to the blessings that you can receive. All you have to do is go. Go to him. Don't go to Oprah. Don't go to Dr. Phil. Don't, don't do that. They don't, they don't got nothing for you. They don't. They truly don't. Don't go to Dr. Oz. Is he running for government now? (laughs) The application is this. Knowing God's generosity, that he never despises or resents us for asking for wisdom, should encourage us to ask him even more. We must understand, though, that he is the God of an open hand. He is not the God of a clenched fist. Again, he will give to you according to what he sees fit, but you and I have to come. When we want wisdom, the place begins and ends in the Bible. True wisdom will always be consistent with God's word. Again, this is not self-help. This is not motivational speaking. I am not up here motivationally speaking. This is not me trying to motivate you in any kind of way. I'm trying to share the wisdom of God in the word. You'll be motivated by the Holy Spirit, right? That's not coming from me. If your spirit is witnessing with the spirit in me, we all share the same Holy Spirit. I can't hide things from you. You're going to know if I'm fake because you have the Holy Spirit in you. So it's the Holy Spirit conferring these things to you. It's him motivating you. Asking the Lord God Almighty for wisdom is Christ-centered. That's why his name... One of his many names is Jehovah Jireh because he will provide everything that you and I need. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Asking the Lord for wisdom implies humility in coming to him. It does not say, let me buy from God, let me demand it from God, let me earn it from God. No, it says Let me ask of God. You see, it's actually a beggar's word. You and I must confess that we have no merit of our own. That's humility. That's not buying. People try to do that. They try to buy their way into God. It don't work. They try to earn it. Man, what are our our works? But 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 a menstruated rag to him. So he discards it. He doesn't need that. He just wants us to come in meekness and lowliness and humbleness. That's how Jesus came. That's how he wants us to come. Humble. Don't be a person who bypasses the instructions because these are the eternal instructions for life. But let him ask in faith. We're almost done. A request for wisdom must be made like any other request. It's in faith without doubting God's ability or desire to give us his wisdom. Notice that Not only must one come in faith, but one must also ask in faith. This is where the prayers of many people fail. Because there is a way of praying in which you ask for nothing and get it. You don't get anything because you're not asking in sincere faith. You see, if we truly don't believe that God can and will do, then we're we're not going to get anything. The application is this. We must ask with the right heart and the right motive. See, it's all about the heart and the motive. And believe God will answer according to his will. In this case, the scripture says, if any lacks wisdom, he will provide it. Granted, we are trusting in him alone to supply us with the wisdom that we need. 
Again, we see this statement with no doubting. Let no man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. The one who doubts and lacks faith should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. This lack of faith and trust in God also shows that we have no foundation and we're being unstable in all our ways. We're supposed to build our lives upon the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ that is stable. When we don't, when we doubt, we're showing that we're, we're, not, building our foundation, we're not building our life on the foundation of Christ. I have a question. How can you walk straight if your feet are unstable? You can't, right? Better yet, how can you drive your car if your wheels are out of alignment? You're not going to be able to steer correctly. The same way things go spiritually, we have to be in alignment with the Lord Jesus Christ in order to receive what we need from Him. This last statement, it says, uh, it says, like a wave of a sea driven and tossed by the wind. A person who is not thoroughly persuaded that if they ask God that they shall receive resembles a wave of the sea. They are in a state of continual agitation. Have you ever been like that? You're just continually irritated. <laughs> but there's no foundation. Why are you so mad, bro? Why are you so stressed out? Because you have no foundation. You're driven by the wind and tossed. No stability in sight. A wave of the sea is a fitting description of the one who is hindered by unbelief and unnecessary doubts. You see, because a wave of the sea is without rest, and so is the doubter. A wave of the sea is unstable, and so is the doubter. A wave of the sea is driven by the winds, and so is the doubter. A wave of the sea is capable of great destruction, and so is the doubter. That's how you have all kind of cats running up in these schools, clapping all these people down. Because they are unstable in all their ways. And they're just being told by some unclean spirit, do this, do that. And they run with it. And they take out their aggression and kill a bunch of people. Not a good thing. The application is this. Doubt in Jesus Christ will keep you from him and cause you to rebel against him. To ask God, but to ask him in a double way, a doubting way, excuse me, shows that we are double-minded. If we had no faith, we would never ask at all. If we had no unbelief, we would, we would not doubt. But to be in the middle ground between faith and unbelief is double-mindedness. And we don't want to be double-minded. Today, there are many who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, but at best they are believing unbelievers. If we truly believe what Jesus Christ taught about heaven and hell, then we would stop at nothing to tell everyone in our sphere of influence about the truth of Jesus Christ, lest they perish and go to hell. The world needs this good news more than ever because the news we get from our, our media sources is all bad. It's all bad news. Global warming, food shortages, war and murders of every kind, moral rot and decay all over the place. The list goes on and on. But you see, salvation in Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, is the ultimate good news. Amen? As uh, Michelle and Isaiah come up, I'm, I'm end with this last thought and we'll close our service. Today, is your witness alive and thriving, or is your witness dormant and decaying? This is what it means to be double-minded. It literally means to be two-souled. The person of two souls has one for the earth and one for heaven. They wish that they could secure both worlds. They want their cake and to eat it too. They will not give up earth, but they also want heaven. To be double-minded is completely different from having weak faith. That's what we alluded to earlier in this message where in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, he says, Lord, help me with my unbelief. 
he, he believes, but there's just things that he's got to get worked out. That's totally different. Scripture is clear that you and I cannot serve both Jesus Christ and this fallen world system that human society operates by. Matthew chapter uh, 6 verse 24 tells us, No one can serve two masters, for they'll either hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I challenge you today and I challenge myself. Do you believe that God can give you the wisdom that you need if you ask him? Then go at once and do it now. Don't wait. Tell him exactly what you need and thank him for all he has done. I'll end with this, with this verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Yahweh, Lord God, thank you for your truth that you impart to your children. Thank you that you reveal this truth to us and that we could receive it. Now, as your word's gone out, Lord, I pray that it would find its home in our hearts. Give us the rest we need, Lord. Give us the courage we need. Father, we thank you and we love you. I pray this all in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen.